Joe, why do sharks live in salt water? Why? Pepper water would make him sneeze. Ha ha ha. Joe, what did Winnie the Pooh say to his agent when his new contract was up? What? Show me the money! <laughs> See, because it was a movie with... Um... You can stop explaining jokes now. <laughs> I always get the joke. I always get it. Um... Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. Joe, how have you been? Okay. You? Uh, A splendid week. Absolutely splendid week. Great. Uh, Big historical week, in fact. It really has been. Hmm. We'll dive into that in a bit. But, you know, right off the top, uh, after the podcast last week, Joe had uh, let it be known that he was cutting cable, and uh, I believe you follow through with with such with such uh, a, a a big leap. Yeah, I did. We had cable our entire lives, and our, our bill with the internet and cable and the phone that we literally never used was like two hundred and fifty dollars a month. After you know, we've been a customer of Verizon's for, you know, five years or whatever. So, you know, the first couple of years, it's like a hundred something bucks a month. And then that expires. And because you're such a loyal customer, we're not going to do shit for you on right. pricing. So we cut the cord, but we didn't dump Verizon. We stuck with them. We quadrupled our internet speed. And now it's like mm, almost a hundred bucks a month, but we cut the cord on cable, so we're streaming everything now. We got the over-the-air antennas, which are pretty decent, you know, for watching like Channel Five or whatever, or you know, with a local sports team. Um, we don't get Nesson, unfortunately, but I've never watched Nesson. Yeah, I was going to say, how much Bruins and, and, and Red Sox stuff do you want? Zero, right? Yeah, and if there's a big game, like go to a bar, we go, go somewhere, yeah. right? Right, go to a Buffalo. Wa- <laughs> We've never told that story about the, what happened. Or did we mention that Buffalo? We did. We, yeah. We, yeah, we talked about it. Um, but yeah, so so what do you think you, you're you going to end up saving? And, and you have Netflix or Amazon. Do you have any of those streaming services? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah right. So this is where, this is how they get you. So yeah, we pay 100 bucks a month now for internet. But then we also factor in, there's a $20 a month app called Philo, which is essentially like basic cable streaming. You know, so you get your BBC America. You gotta have BBC America live, or you will die if yeah, you are my wife. Um, <laughs> you know, but you also get like Comedy Central and you know the basic cable staples that you can. You know, if you want to watch something like uh, like a live event or something like that. Uh, I don't know about like MSNBC or anything like that. I think you know whatever. But again, like that stuff is you know something that I can catch up on later. Um, but then we have Netflix, we got Hulu, we uh, have Disney Plus, <laughs> wink. Uh, we have Amazon Prime. Uh, what else? Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. We got yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's it's amazing the upfront cost that I put into it because I bought an Apple 4K TV, um, and and I bought two Roku sticks, uh, partridge in a pear tree. So. You know we're 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 all set for streaming, and it it should be interesting to see you know if we cave. The one thing I do will miss until unless I cave and get the uh, streaming service is HBO. Right. So HBO Max is supposed to be coming out in a few months, which is like better than HBO Now. So so when Joe was saying this, and, and I'm going to lead into this, um, The Watchmen, which I've heard nothing but amazing things about. 
The Watchmen. You know, I got the graphic novel when it came out in 87. Um, you know, I, I went, you know, to the premiere of the movie. Absolutely loved it. I mean, there were some shots in the movie that it's amazing how they look like live action versions. I mean, guy gets thrown through a window. It's a, it's a, one of the iconic, you know, you know, stills in the book. It's like shard for shard of glass as he gets thrown. Looked like that. It literally looked like a comic book came to life in a really great way. Uh, but I hadn't watched the, the, the nine episode series. And Joe's like, well, if you want to log on and watch it, you know, but you got to do it right away. Log on to my account. To his account. I, I had HBO and I had the HBO Go app and I set it up so that he could watch it on his TV. And I logged in with my username and password, which a lot of people do. And but I was like, okay, but I'm cutting the cord in three days and go. And 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 and, and I made it. I did it. I you know I buckled down. I you know made it a priority. You told your secretary to hold your calls. <laughs> you know I felt bad because management like the second night we thought there was eight episodes and like the second night we got through episode six thinking okay there's just two more the next day. And she stayed up till two in the morning. She gets up at five thirty and she just couldn't do it that last day. Mm. And um and then when she realized oh it's three episodes. So it's not two. She's like, I just can't do it. Uh, I, I, I could. I did. <laughs> um, did you tell her all about it? No. I but I. Um, but what ended up happening? You know. So, but I download. I, I when you just said, what is it? HBO Max is coming out. Yeah, that's supposed to, and it's supposed to be like more. It's more HBO Max is essentially like the Warner Brothers version of streaming. So you get like there are just more things that are Warner Brothers centric that you're supposed to get on HBO Max and it's it's kind of like the Disney Plus for Warner Brothers okay. so uh, I'm going to hold off for that and see how that goes I downloaded two HBO apps and you're like oh it's not this one it's this one and then I ended up doing I, I signed up for the trial day seven day thing so that she can watch those last three episodes did you get HBO now I think it's HBO Now. That now is a streaming for. one where you don't have an HBO subscription on cable. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. But I did. Just got like a seven-day you know, version of it. Uh, and I rewatched episode seven of nine. But the reason I had it on the rundown is so we sit down to watch it. I do not know the last time I've watched an HBO program. And when the HBO logo comes up, like the TV, the snow, and the <laughs> clicking sound. Yeah. It's like I instantly teleported back to nineteen eighty. Larry Sanders. Oh, oh, you know, oh, I was thinking Larry Sanders when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was a big, big deal because you know Richie Rich next door, my buddy Mike, not Sully, the other one. Uh, they had cable, you know, and it was. Well, that's one. And back to nineteen eighty, the intros were like the feature presentation intro that everybody loves. The stop motion, yeah. you know, flyover of the city. It was so great. But it did it. back like, oh, HBO was a really – HBO and MTV were just game-changing. It just absolutely – I mean, when I think of the 80s, it's like HBO and, and, and MTV are top 25, like – you know, you know, flashpoints like along the way of like you know how my life like just changed differently, and I will always associate HBO with the '80s because of that. Oh yeah, I associated with the '90s because that's when I got cable. Even though I grew up in the '80s, didn't get cable till '91. But HBO was part of my original package, and yep, that's when I uh, discovered masturbation. So you know, <laughs> uh, big Skinamax guy. Do they have Cinemax back then? Maybe. 
Yeah. Oh, they did. Uh, no, did I have some? Oh, did you? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I ha- I, I can't. <laughs> I actually got the Playboy channel because I set up the cable package. Oh. I was fourteen, <laughs> and my parents were much much older, and I had to talk them into it. So I set up the cable package, and I'm on the phone with the, the Time Warner rep, and I'm like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, throw some Playboy on there." Yeah. How how long? And I'm the, the only one with the box. How, <laughs> how long did it take him to figure it out? I don't know. I don't think they ever did. I'll go. I'll go ask my dad. <laughs> Here's the shovel. <laughs> we uh too soon. We're not good people. <laughs> um, so who's watching the Watchmen? I am. So and I did not. I've never seen it. I kind of. I know it's good. I kind of don't have a desire to see it. But so whatever. It's. I knew, I, I, you know, like most things in life, I knew nothing about it going in. Um, you know, I love to not know. <laughs> and I, I, I went in hear, hearing nothing but good things, but didn't know. And as the second episode, the third episode, it's a, it's a reimagined. So the, the Watchmen comic came out in 87 and it took place in 1985. And... And it's during it's during um, Nixon's fifth term. Yeah. And the movie came out in two thousand and nine, and it did really, it did really, really. I think it did really, really well. I think it did well, but I don't know how it wasn't like a block. Yeah, I mean, it made its money back. So I think <laughs> so. We, uh, but it, it, you know, it took place. You know, it was it was a period piece back. You know, took place back in the eighties. This is. What I thought was like a reimagined Watchmen in 2019 and maybe a new team because in the Watchmen, like there was a couple people who were in a team from the 40s and then there was another team in the 70s. And this is 10 years after the 70s team had disbanded and and masks and vigilantes are outlawed. Mm -hmm. That's the premise of the Watchmen. And so – I thought that oh they're putting kind of a new team together and it's an al- also an alternative universe because it takes place you know and and it, it's been out for months and uh, you know you know so this is going to be spoiler laden um, but it take it's it starts in like um, in 1928 in Tulsa Oklahoma there was a black community that was considered like the Wall Street of, like, the Midwest, and it was a flourishing community, and a bunch of racists came in and literally wiped, and one day wiped this entire city out. And this is the story, you know, of the of Tulsa, like, 90 years later, like, where it is and, and you know, one person. And it, the first couple episodes, they made references to, like, one of those things where they throw a little nugget in there or a little easter egg for a geek like me like when they redid the clash of the titans like you know like 10 years ago nerd alert and they had that little owl the metal owl from the first one and he's like he sees it in the armory he's like oh this is this is interesting and one of the other guys like put it down it's too annoying and and you never see it again but that was uh, a little little thing thrown out there for the meat of the world they had that for Watchmen. so or so i thought and it doesn't dawn on me to the third, maybe fourth episode. Oh, this is a sequel in real time. A direct sequel to the movie. Direct sequel to the movie. Well, direct sequel to 1985. Right, so they're in 1986 or whatever. No, they're in, or they're in 2019. 
Oh, but it's in the it's same in time real line. time 2019. Uh, but it's like one of those people you know who comes into the scene was part of the Watchmen forty you know thirty some years ago. What is yeah. it? You know, right? 30 almost thirty five years ago. Yeah. You know, and it's in real time. Like because he had made mention of oh, Mister Manhattan, you know, still up there on Mars. You know, part of the Watchmen plot point, Dr. Manhattan goes to Mars at one point because uh, he's done with humanity. And it, it's it's really amazing, like, where they took it and how they end up, like, merging those two things together. Mm. And then even bridging it one generation back, they were called the Minutemen, was, the, like, the 1940s version. It was the first – it was a guy named Hooded Justice. And, you know, it was funny because – well, it's not funny, but um, – you know, it's it's a it's and it's funny because there's a big TV show called the Watch. It's not called the Watchmen, but it's a Watchmen TV show, and it's the stories of it's the show within the show, right? Yeah. That they keep flashing back to, mm-hmm. um, and it's for people from the original Minutemen group from you know, like sixty years past or uh-huh. you know eighty years past. At, at, you or know, at, at this point, yeah, um, the nineteen twenties. Not to be confused with the now twenties and. Right, and that's uh, and then it's like it's not till episode four or five that you know, and that's or maybe it's episode three or four, four or five where Jeremy Irons you know comes on, and I'm like, oh, he's a pretty big actor. I wonder what. Oh my god, he's that guy, and it's it's the same guy thirty five years later. It's mm. like. Okay, so this is a straight up you know sequel continuation. It's kind of like yeah, if like it's like the Cobra Kai, yeah, for, is to Karate Kid. It's like where are those characters now? And you know we're the same timeline. Yeah. So it's all it's kind of like Ghostbusters 2016. No, wait. It's all new people in a new story. Yeah. This is modern day Tulsa. <clears throat> the cops wear masks because three years earlier, um, a coordinated attack. And, and this is the one thing that when I first saw the show, I was a little upset because. The one of the big characters in the movie The Watchmen is a guy named Rorschach, whose mask is a ooh, moving ooh, ooh. Rorschach with an R. Oh, you're the one showing all the dirty pictures. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um uh, and he has one of my favorite lines in movies. You know, he gets, you know, set up, he's in prison and he's gonna get shanked. He's put a lot of people in prison and it's brutal. A guy comes up to him in the you know, lunch line and just goes to shake him. He deflects that, hits the guy with a train while the guy's on the ground. He reaches over and grabs a fire later and dumps it. Mm. The guy's face is melting off, oh. and he's like, let's get something straight. I'm not locked up in here with you. You are locked up in here with me. <laughs> and it's just – he's a badass. Uh, he's a complete right wing – like he hates women. You know, because his mom was a prostitute and he got beat by the guys that used to come to, you know, spend some time with his mom. Like, you know, there's an, you know, and and just the opening sequence, the opening credit sequence of the movie, The Watchmen, it tells their stories and he's just sitting there as there's a line of people waiting to spend their five minutes with his mom or something like that. But he hates, he, you know, he's a big reader of uh, of a newspaper called The New Frontiersman, which is... Uh, the Breitbart of 1985, you know, in, in this storyline. So, I mean, he's not racist. He's not – he's everything. He hates liberals. He hates – but he hates criminals more. I mean, he doesn't care if you're kidnapped a kid, you know, you're going – he's going to go after you just as much if you're black or white. So yeah. – but in this movie, the white supremacists, instead of wearing 
hoods wear Rorschach masks. Uh, here's my favorite part. Uh, this is 30 years in. So Nixon had a five, you know, five term, uh, term presidency. Uh, President Redford is on his 30th year. <laughs> and the whole thing takes place in Tulsa. And um, those, those black people that were literally slaughtered and had their businesses burned to the ground like that day in 1928, um, they have refera- reparations. So oh, Reparations? No. Oh. Retforations. Oh, Because it's Robert Redford is the president. Oh, wow. Robert Redford is now on his sixth term or his seventh term. He's been in the White House for seven years. And, and some of the, you know, the, the you know, uh, you know, black woman. Who, oh, so it's the real Robert Redford. The real Robert Redford Robert is Redford present. playing guy. No, yeah. no, you never see Robert oh, Redford. Right. You, you just see. No of them. Yeah. Like, uh, like when you're at the school and you see the wall of presidents. He's on there. <laughs> and it's Redford after Nixon. So it was like, <laughs> you know, X number of years of, of, of Nixon. And so all the white supremacists. You know, there's a poor part of town. It's a trailer park. It's Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there's a nice part of town. And where a lot of these these white supremacists live in this trailer park, they have this statue of Nixon out front and stuff like that. But when they wore the Rorschach masks, I'm like, wait a minute, Rorschach was a complete, you know, you know, uh, conservative who hated, you know, handouts and hated this and all these other things. But he wasn't a white supremacist, you know, but he said that was the one thing I'm like, hey, mm. you know, but not enough where I'm like, yeah, the show isn't awesome. Yeah. And now, like I said, I'm watching the last three. Well, I watched one of the last three with management the other day. We're going to watch the last two tonight. And then I went back and I'm like, hey, as soon as we're done with this, we're going to rewatch the movie. And because I'm a loser, I'm like, oh, the director's cut with 28 more minutes of film is on. So when you get home, log on to the Apple TV that we share and you can watch. Uh, you can watch. And it's good. It, it really it really holds up. It's really good. And are you disappointed that they're not going to bring it back because Damon Lindelof says, uh, I'm kind of done? And, it, and it's, supposedly it ended on a perfect note. And it's like all the Watchmen fans online, including Patton Oswalt and the like, are saying that was like the, one of the more perfect series I've ever seen of you know, television and it's fine. You know, I can deal with not having, I can 100. So it's the same thing. It's like good almond was really great. And, and Neil Gaiman wrote good almond and they were true to, to the book and the Amazon. And I think that was an eight episode thing. We talked about a couple months ago and all the actors said, if Neil Gaiman pens it and comes up with another story, we really, we'd all come back, you know, but the way it ended, it was fine. Same thing. Now, now I guess HBO has basically, you know, because they're they're just getting over the Game of Thrones fallout, and it's like you know people cutting the cord because yeah, they watch Game of Thrones. That's why they had it. And this is something I wouldn't like after the seven day trial thing. I'm canceling the thing because there was a couple other things I would watch, but not nothing. You know, I'm, I'm not keeping HBO because. I haven't got through Miss Maisel. I haven't got through the Arrowverse stuff. Like yeah, before yeah. I pay for something else, I'll get this. But it was worth even if like so before I even thought about just getting you know the seven day trials, like each episode you can buy for like three bucks. I'm like, that's definitely worth ten bucks to watch those last three episodes. If the if it doesn't come back, one hundred percent okay with it. They left the door open, it's like, okay, we can take it this way. Um Oh, so you know that for a fact? 
Because you haven't you said. You oh, said I, it. I saw it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah, management yeah, right. hasn't I'm, seen it. I'm losing my mind. So, here. so we. Um, that was 20 minutes ago, by the dude, way. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm. We should have. This should have been a sideshow. Maybe just cut it. I think this Let's is the sideshow. Yeah. sideshow. You know what? I think we've done with sideshows, and maybe just the audience has to know there will be a sideshow within a regular episode nowadays. <laughs> no, that's the new shows aren't done. That's the new initiative for 2020. Dude, You're getting double the <laughs> Carnival podcast in a single episode. Uh well, I don't think we're here next week because, uh, you know, I got to be um, a stage dad mm. for my little guy. My, both my little guys are going to play. Gotta dance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're doing five performances of Frozen Junior between two different theater groups that they're in inside 48 hours next Friday through like Sunday. Ooh. You know, yeah, it's like all day things. Just plays at one and at six. So it's over at three. They keep, you know, and they're like, oh, we'll have pizza between the plays. Don't leave, kids. You know, five performances of Frozen Junior is probably still fewer viewings of Frozen than the average six-year-old girl <laughs> had seen the original movie See, in one day. Because I'm that six-year-old girl. It's when, a good movie. When we saw Frozen, management was away on a business trip. I took the boys. I ran home. You know, like, 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 uh, like, like, uh, Charlie. Thank you. Got the golden ticket. Ran, I ran as fast as I could, Charlie. Um, ah, and I called them. <laughs> I went, see, I was going to go with Peter Griffin, <laughs> and then you, yeah. you went with Charlie. And I get home, and I call the wife. I'm like, you have to come home now from this trip, watch Frozen so we can talk about it. It's the greatest thing I've seen since I've seen Wicked. No, my boyfriend. No, like, <laughs> no, but it was great. It was great. So, so yeah. So we'll do. Anyway, so the Watchmen. Who's watching the Watchmen? Me. Who's watching the old Watchmen movie? But with the twenty-eight minute, you know, extra footage, it, it would be it would be me. Win-win. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna watch them again. I, I I would have no problem watching the whole series if we had time over this. Uh, you know, because nothing says Martin Luther King. Like watching the Watchmen, and kind of yeah, because there's this big civil rights thing. You know, it's horrible. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but there's some like blatant racism in the thing. Obviously, you know, white white supremacy. And I kept looking at management and saying, "Well, thank God that's in the past. You know, we can can laugh about this kind of stuff now because that's just ancient history, never going to happen again." Right. Uh, So, so I uh, well, happy Martin Luther King Day. Yes, yes. What are you doing to celebrate? Doing this podcast, apparently. (laughs) So, sticking on nerddom. So, this past couple weeks, the Joker gets seven, eleven Academy, not like a lot. It got like a shitload. Yeah, and it led the nominations. I haven't seen it. I can't believe I still haven't seen it. And I meant to bring I, will. I, I have a copy of it. I meant to bring it over. And... How, how could you have a copy of it? It's not out yet, Joe. It is out. Oh, is it? I, I, I can get digitally. it from Redbox. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. You know, for a long time, like DC people, because of the Chris Nolan um, success with Batman, kind of lorded over the Marvel people because Marvel kept having. You know, the last few X-Men were, eh, at the time. They couldn't, no matter how hard they tried to make a Fantastic Four movie, they just couldn't make a good one. And, and you know, and then Marvel comes out and, 
you know, the MCU does, the Avengers, their first Avengers movie had broken all these box office records. And then, you know, um, a lot of Marvel people were like, well, our movies aren't as good as The Dark Knight. We didn't get a Heath Ledger Academy Award, but we made a shitload more money and it's gone back and forth. And so now, you know, and I think a lot of it is because, you know, the get off my lawn you know, Coppola's and stuff like that saying those aren't real movies. You know, it's like – It's not cinema. It's not, right. It's like um, douchebags. Yeah, a lot of the DC – you know, a lot. it's gone back and forth and the DC people have uh, – or the Marvel people last few years have been <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, what? You're going to re-relaunch Batman for the third time in eight years? Oh, you guys can't get your shit. And now the DC people all over Twitter are just being douches about it. It's like, yeah, 10 – Ten Academy nominations, douchebags. You know, it's like, it's like, I, I literally don't get that. Like, you love Marvel so much, and no matter what DC does on TV or the comic, it's all trash, derivative, and shitty. It's like you guys are all living in your parents' respective basements. <laughs> you know, it's like. And by the way, you're in neither camp. Right? I'm not in either camp. Yeah, you're, I mean, you love it all. One son's named after Nightwing, and you know my my you know best friend of fourteen years, my dog, like l- was named after Loki. Like you know before the before the MCU launched. I mean, I've always loved the same thing. I've one son, you know, middle name is Tiberius for James C. Kirk, and the and the one who's named after Nightwing was going to be named Luke. Just didn't think you know a you know quarter Asian kid would you know look like a blonde haired blue eyed kid from Tatooine. But it's like. Yeah, you 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 can really like it, and and to, to to be so dug in and entrenched that you can't enjoy like all the geekdom kingdom has to offer. It's like, have I loved everything in the MCU? No. Do I think everything DC has ever put like I'm more DC? I mean, I got like five DC tattoos on me, but no one, no one ever cheered more. At the reveal scene in Endgame where Captain America is wielding, you know, Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't remember a movie going thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe when Darth Vader throws Palpatine over the balcony, you know, in 84 and, and Return of the Jedi. I had that that feeling or the, the natural or something like that. But literally the absolute glee. It, it's It's... Honestly, it, it, next, next next to a, a Patriot Super Bowl victory, I don't know anything that's made me happier than that moment. And so, anybody who says that isn't cinema, birth of your children, you know, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I stand by what I've said, dude. Do you know how much ugh, comes out with that? I mean, there was there was no no afterbirth when when Captain America, you know. Is is holding the uh-huh. hammer, but but that's the kind of thing. And it's like I see this go back and forth, and it will go both ways. It's like get, I've unfollowed people only because it's like, dude, don't, 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 don't do that. Yeah, don't you be, a, don't be douches. You know, uh, you know, and, and speaking of kingdom, I don't know who posted or why, but people posted, and maybe it was just released. Um, a guy's name is David Prowse, who played Darth Vader. Oh yeah, and and it's it's like, can you imagine if this was Darth Vader's voice? And it's not a fair thing because it was the actor through the mask 
not James Earl Jones. Not, not, not James Earl, but James Earl Jones and a sound studio with with the whole oh, they, the breathing after yeah. right and and all of that stuff and James Earl Jones's voice, the voice of God. Yeah, literally. When I worked on Touch My Angel, he was the voice of God. You know? Yeah, and then Morgan Freeman said, "Hold my beer." Yeah. Oh. It's, it's anyway, but, but James Earl Jones is. So is what about the, Dave, what about the, David Cross? Uh, so no, it would be going around like on Twitter, like those clips, oh, the of, clips of the, his, the, the natural the, audio of Dave Prowse acting as Darth Vader, right? And I guess uh, he was Darth Vader through the first three movies. You know, it was it was pretty interesting. But it's like, yeah, when you hear the voice, you're like, and uh, you've seen the ones where Han Solo is acting with Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, and Peter Mayhew's audio, right? You know, they're actual words that are being played off. By Harrison Ford, so that it's not just gibberish, gibberish, and then Han Solo says something. It's actual lines, like English lines. lines. Yeah, interesting stuff. Weird, wild stuff. Yeah, I love that. I mean, remember the first, first week, second week, film school. Like I said, I don't want to brag, but I did go to Fitchburg State College, which is the largest state college in the town of Fitchburg, mm-hmm. and um, and. One of the big one of the things is like it's actually a university now. It, it, is it now? So, SU. Um, <laughs> we uh, um, yeah, I was always hoping to be Fitchburg University, good old FU. And we uh, watched the opening reel when Darth Vader comes on Princess Leia's ship, and it's Ew. just a bunch of guy <laughs> stupid walking around, Stop. and you can hear like they're just walking on plywood. Right, you know, and just like, and just guys falling down. There's no spe- with this was the strip down, no special effects. It's like the whole the raw scene, audio, yeah. you know, and just guys falling back, pretending to get shot, and like moving their hands as if like you know the the, it, the coiling from a. From did a any shot. of the stormtroopers say pew pew? <laughs> you know, had it been done now, everybody would have gone with the pew pew. I told you about that, Laura Dern. They couldn't help but say pew yes, pew yes. when she was shooting her. Her uh, phaser or her pistol, her laser gun, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, that's it. All right, now let's uh, let's next to the Watchmen. The real highlight for me is in the past seventy-two hours, um, and we'll talk about this for a bit. Um, good old Lev of L- Igor Lev <laughs> Lev Parnas. I mean, his partner's name was Igor. It's like is it Igor? It was. It was. It's not Igor. No, seriously, it's Igor (laughs) and Lev. It's like, oh, can't the writers be more creative than go with these absolute boilerplate Russian names? Boris and Natasha were taken. (laughs) So uh, Lev and Igor. So Lev is the one who... um, is, he's the cute one. The, the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, looker, you know. Uh, Sorry, girls, he's taken. And so... uh, but my favorite thing is it, my favorite thing of it, and 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 you probably watched, and you couldn't not have heard, you know, the Rachel Maddow interview. Saw it. But the highlight for me was when Lev is talking about Devin Nunes being part of like the the intelligence committee, questioning like Fiona Hill and all these other people, and he says, and I text my lawyer, and he points to him like, "Can you fucking believe this? It's like." It's all going to come out. What is he doing? It's like he. There's no way Nunes doesn't think 
all this is going to eventually come out, and yet he didn't recuse himself for this, and that I've met with him. And of course, at the time, somebody had said, look, uh, we know, we see, because this guy's been arrested, Devin Nunes, that, you know, you've had conversations. Oh, I don't know who he is. People call my office all the time. It's like, but this is your cell phone. (laughs) And this is a 15-minute conversation, and you had a dozen of these. And so Tent Lu, who is just just the best, Um, am I I telling you something you know? Have you seen the letter? I know of the letter. So Nunes, who – who has threatened a cow on Twitter? <laughs> has he actually sued Devin Nunes's cow, or did he just threaten to sue Devin Nunes's cow? I think they're still building a case. Okay, so for those who don't know, there's a Twitter handle Devin Nunes's cow, um, who's been. What was that in reference to? I, I, I missed that. I don't remember how it started. Didn't did, did Evan Nunes bring up of something about a cow, or or maybe the cow's been watching him from the field and reporting? But either way, it's a funny site. It's a very funny Twitter handle, uh-huh. and Devin Nunes has been trying to sue that. He's very litigious. He always threatens to sue people, and he has now because Ted Lou has been like, hey, you know. Look at all this information that's come out. Uh, we have to, you know, include this into the the the, the Senate investigation or the Senate trial. Um, and why is Devin Nunes not in handcuffs? <laughs> and Devin Nunes has threatened very publicly about suing uh, Ted Lieu. To which Ted Lieu, if you scroll down to the very bottom of the letter, if you're looking at Joe, says yes. I, I very much look forward to a lawsuit and going through discovery with you, you know, where you have to turn over information back and forth, or you can shove it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not saying, well, in a sense, he said, or you can shove it. But he flat out tells Devin Nunes, yes, please sue me so we can go through the discovery process and that we can bring all this stuff, you know, to the floor of the house publicly. Or you can shove it. Devin Nunes has sued the Devin Nunes's cow uh, Twitter account for two hundred fifty million dollars. Oh, damages to assault to assuage his hurt feelings. Yeah, right. Twitter and a couple of parody accounts have been sued, including Devin Nunes's cow, who has called Nunes who has called Nunes a treasonous cowpoke. He's asking for two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, this is from October. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's a, he's a cock. Great, yeah, but, but good, now it's coming out. Good for Ted Lou and good for the truth and good for everybody. And the scary thing is, like, so Lev has talked about, you know, it's funny leading up to all right, Lev Parnas, yeah, leading up to the interview that day. Every media outlet, I'm sorry, every media outlet, but Fox was like, "Why is he doing this? He doesn't have a cooperating agreement with the Southern District of New York where he's." He's on house arrest, basically. You know, he has the ankle bracelet. He can't leave. They took his passport. You remember him and Igor, they nabbed. They were in, like, the executive, the VIP lounge of, like, Lufthansa. They had one-way plane tickets out of the country. Uh, They were in the executive lounge when the FBI was like, yeah, we're not fucking waiting. We're we're moving in now. And so we know all the stuff with Rudy Giuliani and them and all this. And all it's coming out. But why would Lev do it now? What is the upside? Because he doesn't have an agreement. Anything he says can be used against him. He's putting, And he flat out said, yeah, he's not afraid of the prosecuting in New York. He's not afraid of going to prison. He's afraid of William Barr. 
and making all of this stuff go away and burying the information like he did the Mueller report. And Lev knows Lev knows he's going to be doing serious time. You know, not a slap on the wrist, you know, like that the Russian spy, what did she get? Three months, six months or something like that. That these are serious things, but he doesn't want this to all be swept under the rug. So I mean it's what a hell of an injury. It was a two day and everything you would want to come out. And the biggest thing, my favorite thing is uh as they keep using the terms, he kept all the receipts. He's not saying, Oh, I talked to Joe on this day about this, and Joe's like, Nope, because you deleted it from your from your phone. It's like, yeah, but you can't delete it from my phone and Here's the printout and here's the, you know, you know, WhatsApp, you know, the company itself printed out. Oh, here's the receipt of us at dinner that night and we took a picture. And my favorite thing is how nobody knows this guy, Lev, and he keeps sending out pictures. <laughs> he met with everybody. Right. Everybody. Just because I took a picture with the guy doesn't mean I know him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I, I don't know. Maybe he's not. I don't know. By, by the way, I'm quoting – Donald Trump talking about love parties. Well, and my favorite thing is it turns out that the more you peel this onion back, Lev actually uh, was a you know one of the many jobs he had in the late seventies. Um, he sold condos for Trump's dad. Mm. He's been in this orbit for forty years, and when you see, okay, you know it's true. At a fundraiser, you know Elizabeth Warren. The ba- you know her – we've talked about the thing with her and selfies and about – you know she will literally take 10,000 selfies if there's people – 10,000 people in a line after one or speak. I'm guessing one or two of those people have been douchebags. Yeah. And at one point, there's going to be like, here's Elizabeth Warren smiling with you know mass murder, you know. Right. Um, Ten years before he murdered anybody. But the great thing is it's like, oh – you don't know this guy, but there are six different photos from six different events inside the Oval Office that you are with this guy. He is on a plane with Rudy here. I mean, so it's all of that stuff. And then it was somebody else. It's like when uh, – and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. When Blotus put together his dream team of Fox um, lawyers, like you know Alan Dershowitz and Pan, Pam Bondi who was the attorney general in Florida, and she's been brought up under charges for like a lot of shaky things with the Trump. There was an illegal con- contribution. It's like 25 grand that went back and forth. Mm. I forget the nature of that. As soon as she was named to the team, Lev's lawyer sends out a picture with Lev and her. Oh, this Pam Bondi. Ah. <laughs> and it's his, I mean, it's just full-on troll mode at this point. It's like, oh, not only am I friends with... Rudy, not only have I got paid for Ukraine and paid Rudy, that's how we paid Rudy with the money. Not only have I done this, this, and this, all the pictures, everybody in the circle, you know, has been. And the and the thing is, it's 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 funny. I was driving in the car with with the twelve year old the other day, and and we were listening, and they were playing clips from Trump supporters on the other side, you know, different senators and Congress people. I pointed out to him, I'm like, notice how none of them are saying he didn't do this. They're all saying, well, he shouldn't be impeached for it. Or this is a waste of time. Uh, you know, and now the big thing is like, you know, a senator was asked in the hallway the other day, yesterday, the other day, yes, uh, um, a, a, asked a question about, do you think Lev Parnas is 
what he said on national TV should be coming into the Senate. And she's like, you're just part of the liberal media or you're just a liberal hack. And that clip has gone viral in the right wing stratosphere. And she's fundraising, selling, you know, picture or selling T-shirts now that say you're just a liberal hack. It's like they're fundraising. They can't come to his defense. They can't say that these crimes and, – and that's and, – and again, and, and it was just in the past like 48 hours that it came out. The Government Accountability Office isn't, you know, Joe and Jock Watch Group Productions, you know, like this is our opinion. This is an actual government agency that is an oversight committee. Their findings came out on Thursday saying this broke the law by the letter of the law. Withholding these funds to Ukraine is a crime. It's not a uh, a bad gesture, a bad faith, unethical, immoral. They're the watchdog group, bipartisan, been around for absolutely ever, flat out has said this is a crime. So one of the few talking points that the Fox and Friends world have been holding on to is it's not a crime. You know, you might not like of what he did. Quid pro quo is how you do business. You know, he's a businessman. This is just how we make things happen. And, but it's not a crime. Yeah, well, it's, fun fact. <laughs> it's now officially a crime. What are you looking at your watch for? Where are you going? <laughs> I'm not looking at my watch. I was looking at my dick. <laughs> Which is actually shaped like a watch. So you got me. Ironically, you know that. And, and so speaking of the, um, the dream team, Ken Starr. And, 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 and again, like all these clips are going around about Susan Collins, who was part of the Clinton hearing, saying it's really important for us to see all the witnesses. It's important for all these depositions, all this stuff. Now saying, no, I don't think we need it, which is Ken Starr, who literally marched a dozen, you know, Monica Lewinsky boyfriends, literally ex-boyfriends, you know, through the mud on this and all these other people like call like 28, 29 witnesses in it. Uh, he's been saying, but the greatest thing when he was named on the team, uh, I want to make sure I get the quote right. Um, Monica Lewinsky tweeted out, it's one of those, are you fucking kidding me kind of days? <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, that poor girl, it's like, you know, the only person happy that this keeps getting brought up is Linda Lovelace because she was. You know, the, 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 the most famous, like, you know, blowjob in history is Linda Lovelace from the movie Deep Throat, I think in like 1972, 74, something like that. Like, for generations, there was always those references. It's like, she's the only one. It's like, I <laughs> got Monica took that, you know, that, 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 that mantle away from me. But it, it is, it's just, it's, it would be comical if it wasn't just so traitorous and treasonous um and all these people who are now screaming to you know we don't need this we don't need witnesses we don't need all this and at the same time that's why lev came out and also said look i'm afraid of bar at the same time this isn't going to come out this will cycle out of the news and i'll be the guy who is the bad guy i'm making sure it gets out there sorry i'm done i'm doing it Oh, there's a Joe, you got anything to say today or is it just me? i'm waiting for you to get through this week of awful because we're only on day one of the week of awful. <laughs> uh, what do you think, though, uh, because because the impeachment has actually started, um, what is it, four? Is it four Democratic presidential candidates are sidelined for the next two to three weeks? 
Oh, I wasn't aware of that. No, you you oh, have the senators. You yeah. the senators. You have to be there mm. every day. Um, period. At the end. Like like Bernie is going to do something in Iowa on Monday, but he has to be in the. He has. You have to physically yeah. be there. The thing is, you're not asking questions. It's not like a hearing. You're not going to. It's the seven. It's the seven people that Nancy Pelosi had appointed who will be basically presenting, you know, the case and stuff like that. Um, but they're off the road. They they can't be holding rallies. You know, by the time this wraps up, even if it's only two weeks, the Iowa and I think New Hampshire will probably have already had their primaries. Yeah, well, luckily they got that debate in just under the wire in oh, Iowa. But, it, you know, but it, it does. I think it gives a real advantage to Joe Biden. To Buttigieg, um, to Tom Steyer, you know, you know who, you know who, and I put on the week of awful. It's like, uh, I think I've been pretty clear to the fuck you, Mike Bloomberg, you know, type thing. He basically he's pulling a Trump in a lot of ways. He's pulling a Trump, and he just uh, filed for an injunction to not have to release. It's not his tax statements, but his corporate filings for his campaign. Mm-hmm. And he got a 45-day extension that takes him past the first wave of primaries. To, you know, so this whole where does the money come from, where are you spending it, what dark, what, what, what dark money is coming in and stuff like that. All this paperwork because all the other presidential candidates had to turn it in because they've been officially running for like a year, six months, seven months. Yep. They've after, Within a certain window, you have to file this. Because he jumped in the race so late, he didn't have to file it to a certain time. Then he, you know, asked for you know a stay of execution and got another forty five days to hide where the money's coming from. And stuff. He's playing Trump's game, right? So another rich, you know, this is a real billionaire actually. But it's like it's every it's everything that we hate about the other side and dark money and politics and stuff. And like it's everything that. we hate about Russia and oligarchy. Yes, and that that's a, that is exactly. This is this, this is, is oligarchy. This is one hundred percent like you know Bernie's worst you know fears come to life. Is that you know the corporations run everything? You know, and there's, billionaires a, hand, everything. there's yeah. a handful of people who are calling all the shots, literally on, on, on both sides. Um, hmm. Interesting. So yeah, we you know we won't you know the, it turns out Lev. I have a couple about, of talking points. Once you're done, no, with you all don't. This no, I do. Okay, I actually do What's have a happened? couple. Of, um, have you seen the new Space Force uniforms, dude? It's just. And here's the thing. We talked about it. He just threw it out on a whim one day. But so he, they so he won't be embarrassed looking like a buffoon. They have to go and start a whole new branch of the military in every step of the way. You remember that meme that went out? Uh, here's what we want. And it's Star Trek. Uh, here's what we're afraid of. And... Oh, I forget what it was. Was it like the the, the like the New Order or something? Or yes, yeah, it was the First Order. The first Order. So here's what we want in Star Trek. Here's what we're afraid we'll get. It's 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 the First, first order. order. Here's what we end up with: with it's space balls. <laughs> space balls. It's dark helmet, <laughs> and it's like yeah. Uh, so what uh, what I saw was the uh, the Twitter account. I think it's called Space Force Dod. It's the United States. It's the official verified United States Space Force Twitter account. They posted. Uh, you know, fresh new name tags for our uniforms, you know, come right off the line, and they show the patches of the United States Space Force on a camouflaged, traditional green camouflaged 
uniform. And a lot of astute people on Twitter are like, here's a picture of space, and here's a picture of your uniform. Do you see where there might be a discrepancy? Like, what are you camouflaging in space with this? And you gotta, I gotta, with the help. So, like so many funny things and aren't really funny because we knew they're going to happen. They are well on their way to space balls. Yeah. They're, it's, it's, they're, I wish. I hope. Yeah. I hope we get the... At least we I, have a few laughs. I hope we achieve the level of, of Rick Moranis type <laughs> general or something. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Yeah. I always have coffee when I'm watching my radar. Everyone knows that. Right. <laughs> they cover their balls. Um, evil will always win because good is dumb. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I see here Schwartz's as long as mine. Right. <laughs> I hate when I get our Schwartz's twisted like this. Maybe if I put my leg up on yours. The Mar- ring! Merchandising. <laughs> the ring! You fell for it! The oldest trick in the book. What's with you, man? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so there's that. And then uh, I don't know when we want to get to this, but I do want to bring up the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time tournament that took place last week. I'm going to finish off on the one last thing of Please. awful. It's it. It's just so fucking junior high on every level. It's it's. Trump says, "Okay, I I know what I'm about to do is awful, but how can I really be a douchebag about it?" They're rolling back. He just signed into legislation, rolling back a lot of Michelle Obama fruits and vegetables and lunch program initiative. Basically, for public schools, right, and 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 literally is swapping out burgers and fries for fruits and vegetables. Announces this on her birthday. It's like, okay, what a cunt, right? Like, yeah, what I'm doing is harmful to children, but let's make sure I'm a real douchebag about it. You know, and it's like every, it's like, and and I'll 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 ask you because I I'm too biased. What would you gauge the percentage of (laughs) a coincidence? That was. Uh, I would have to say zero point zero 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 percent that that's a coincidence. Do you think you're being too liberal with your percent? Right. Let me check. Let me run the numbers so again. Way to go! All right. So I, I wanted to get that last awful thing, but I love vegetables. I, you know, fries <laughs> are vegetable. What's the hardest part about eating a vegetable? It's something about a comatose person. The wheelchair. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, what's what's the worst part about eating fruit? They want to cuddle after. <laughs> they want to cuddle after. The wheelchair. <laughs> Got to put that in your act, man. <laughs> you're, you're giving it away. All Save right. it for the special. What do you got? So. Jeopardy. No, this is going on to sport. Jeopardy. Oh, it is going to sport. Yeah, no. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but the wife frantically called. It's like, tape Jeopardy right now. So I got them up there. So, yeah, I watched them live. They started on a you know a week ago, or two weeks ago on Tuesday, the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time Championship. And if you don't know, what the fuck is wrong with you? But briefly, it's James Holzhauer, who is the most recent you know, game-changing Jeopardy champion, uh, broke like 15 Jeopardy records. Won the most Jeopardy, won the most money in a single game of Jeopardy, yada, yada, yada. Came this close. like 20 times. Yeah, and came this close to surpassing Ken Jennings' winnings 
um, but you know lost the, uh, just just shy of that. And then you had Ken Jennings, who everybody knows. He won on a 74-game winning streak uh, and is Mr. Jeopardy at this point. And then there's Brad Rutter, and people are like, who's Brad Rutter? Brad Rutter, he was on Jeopardy when they had the five-time limit. So he was a very good player, but he made his name in the Jeopardy world in tournaments. So he had never lost a game to a human before until, spoilers, this tournament. Um, he lost to Watson when they played IBM's Watson. Oh. Um, but he, Brad Rutter, holds the record for the most amount of money, money ever won on Jeopardy cumulatively. So he's won like $5.4 million in, in winnings throughout all the tournaments, like the, the Ultimate Championship and all the you know, Teen Week and everything, <laughs> you know, Celebrity Jeopardy. Uh, Trebek. Uh, <laughs> but anyways. Tur Ferguson. Ferguson didn't make the Tur Ferguson just got edged out. Um, but it was, a, it was supposed to be a best of seven. So the structure was there were hour-long episodes, two games per episode, and they played for points, same, amount, like same amounts on the board. But whoever won cumulatively, they added the totals of the final Jeopardy winnings in both games in one night. And whoever made the most amount of points won that match. And the winner of three matches gets a million bucks. So, you know, Ken Jennings won the first night. And he won the second night. And uh, James Holzhauer won the third night. And, you know, again, if you don't want to know this, spoilers. By the way, <laughs> there's four people listening. I think we can stop saying spoilers, you know? Dude. There, there's, more, there's more than four. Okay. Um... But it was supposed to, I think, I follow this a Twitter account called Buzzer Blog, who has, like, inside info on, like, the scheduling for all these things. And these were taped, you know, about a month in advance or something. <clears throat> I think originally ABC had this scheduled for a Tuesday through Friday. Originally. Maybe when they saw that it was wrapped up in four games, that they took the Friday show and moved it to the following Tuesday to build up suspense over the weekend. So it ran for four nights. Jennings won the million dollars. He won three games out of the four. And it was a, it was really good, a really good tournament. It was, there, there are thoughts about who really is the greatest of all time. I mean, honestly, Ken Jennings technically is the greatest Jeopardy champion of all time because he won the fucking tournament and he knew most of the answers and he got in on the buzzer and but they're all playing James Holzhauer's game they're not going down the list 24 you know 200 400 600 right. they're playing bouncer on the board they're playing the game that James Holzhauer brought to the show so in order to beat James you have to play like James so much so that there are times where Ken Jennings had like $34,000 on the table, got a daily double, and he's like, I'm all in. Right. And, and, it's like, and, and even, the, even like the daily double with that much on the line, you can see, I don't know if they're building it up for a show or if it's really them struggling to answer, but Ken Jennings would be like, you know, pondering over a question and then like leaning in and going, you know, who's Aristotle? Correct. You know, like, and you're just like, and he exhales because he has $34,000 running line. So it's a compelling, the best Jeopardy viewing you could probably ever watch. The spoiler, the Miami Dolphins of this group 
is Brad Rutter. Because Brad Rutter just did not have his A game on him. His he even said in his package, or maybe he did. And he's just he's <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is that he he was a I brought my A game when I was playing the Bruins in a pickup. I, <laughs> that was the best game I ever played. I only lost by ninety eight points. But he wasn't answering all of the questions correctly, especially the daily doubles. Unfortunate for the other players because Brad Rutter got, I think, more than half of the daily doubles in the entire tournament. So, so he was a Jill Stein. Yes, oh. he he comes in, grabs the daily double. You know, there other. You know, Ken and James have like tens of thousands of points on their side. They're playing for real money or points. And Brad Rutter comes in, swoops in. He's literally has like two thousand dollars in his thing, and he's like, "Okay, a true daily double." You know, what color is the sky? What is red? <laughs> that kind of fail. Wow. Yeah, and he just he, he would blow like almost all of the daily doubles. Lucky daily doubles, but <laughs> they. <That's so> <laughs> It really is. I love that though, because I least ten thousand. Yeah, management. I can't blow my nose. Lucky doubles. Uh huh. Um, so that's what that was. And I, and I would get mad. I would watch Brad Rutter blow these daily doubles and I'm like, you fucking asshole, at least like make it worth their while, you know, just, and and he could, you could tell that he was just not buzzing in on time, getting answers just wrong. Like he was in the negative a couple of times, the greatest burn on that entire, and they would bust ball, like the players would bust balls with each other in between rounds. But the greatest one was at the end of the first game of the night. And this is like night four. And at the end of the first game, they had to wipe the totals because they're resetting the, the their, their totals to zero so that they can set up for the game two. And Alex says, so we're going to clear the totals. And then it goes to, and then James is like, hey, wait a minute. Brad's total is still on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because he had zero points in the first game. Oh, and you can hear the audience just go, oh, man. It was so great. It was so great. But it, 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 I, did Alex react? I, 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 yeah, I, I think so. I, how do you know? Oh, God, yeah. Well, I don't think you saw his face, but it was just like, it was great. It, it, I, honestly, I think they're available for like on streaming somehow. Like, I think they'll eventually be on Netflix or some streaming app or Hulu. I think even has them. I think Hulu does have the oh, that's uh, awesome. The, the greatest of all time games online. But it's really worth. It's compelling to watch, even if you know the ending. I mean, Ken Jennings is just a great player. There are even like rumors in the in the Jeopardy community that maybe they're thinking of having Ken Jennings be the next host. I was literally as you started to talk about that. I I was thinking, unfortunately, it's coming. You know, it's happening. And yeah. and I mean, my first pick. Who who would your first pick be to replace Trebek? You know what? This is kind of an off thing, and, and you probably wouldn't appreciate it, but Meredith Vieira. Yeah. She yeah, because she hosts the daytime version for years of Millionaire. Of, of Millionaire. And she hosts this new game show called 25 Words or Less. It's a very low-key party game atmosphere type show, but she's a news person. She's had her own talk show. She's smart, and she's articulate, and she's a woman. And she's, you know, n- not, uh, not unknown, you know. So I think uh, I think she would be a really good fit. What do you think? Well, Pharrell, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just comes in, and for the next few years, that would be just, so insulting. Just, just, yeah, would it? Yeah, if if if, if uh, 
the guy he replaced died of stage four pancreatic cancer. What better way to honor the gentleman than to play a a, a parody of the 1986 version of said host? No, um, but I do. Uh, I I like the idea of those contestants and maybe like Ken Jennings is, you know, he's a funny, he he was funny during the show, but I don't know. I don't think he has the broadcast kind of game show chops. chops. Yeah. And nor do I think this is all fan theory. I don't even think he would be even accepting of right. Taking the role. I mean, that's a, that's a grueling, you know, the guy lives in Utah with his family and he's got already a few million dollars. He just won a million bucks. I'll take almost anybody, but Steve Harvey. (laughs) And only because he's black. No. Because uh, <laughs> Joe's like, he's going to say something awful. Don't say it. Oh, he said it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, it's like I don't want a game show, a, 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 a Wink Martindale. I don't want a, a fun. No, I'm sorry. I, I don't want a jokey thing. Like, right. You don't want like a Drew Carey or a comedian. Right. You want somebody who Alex Trebek is a fun guy, and he he has moments of levity. But I, you know, and he, great, you might have to change it totally. But I think Meredith—that's why I say Meredith yeah. Vieira because she has like she can be funny. She has like she has she can bring levity. She's not like uh, uptight, you know, stick up her ass kind of person. And but she can broadcast. She can draw. She she knows she would broadcasted. Bro- <laughs> Quiet. I'm skulls. I'm broadcasted. But yeah, she would be somebody who would move the game along and 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 give reverence to the game and not fump her around, you know. Right. So I don't know somebody like that. I mean, Alex Trebek has such, and it's funny because like you've pointed out, like you know, um, he was a game show host in between a divorce in like the seventies, and it's in the eighties. If you watch like the classic concentration, they rerun them now on Buzzer, and it's like mid eighties. Alex Trebek, so and it's a looser environment. He's still hosting Jeopardy. He's been hosting since '84, but he's on also on this other daytime show for NBC, Classic Concentration, and he's constantly hitting on <laughs> the female contestants. And uh, yeah, it's a different Alex Trebek. But you know, but you you see this Alex Trebek of the last twenty five years, and you're like, you get the feeling he knows all the answers, you know, and he's just this really well. He was on the last episode of the Colbert Report. The man with the answers. The man with all the answers. Have you seen that? I have seen. It. Anyway, but it's great. So, so uh, no, I, we have them. I will not. Uh, oh, I hope the I hope the missus watches the taped episodes of this before she hears all the spoilers on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See the oh, joke is talk about levity. What would never? Oh, what do you have in sport? The only thing is, we had talked about it and. Um, uh, Alex Cora has stepped down as manager of the Red Sox. The Red Sox haven't officially been charged by Major League Baseball. All the focus is still on the Houston, you know, Astros right now. Mm-hmm. And they cleaned house. And and, and like, like we talked about last time, I mean, you, you do feel bad for the Dodgers who lost out to these, you know, to the Astros and then to the Red Sox in back-to-back years by teams Alex Cora was leading that, you know, cheated their way to a champion. And, you know, there's more and more stuff that's coming out and, and more and more of the evidence that you see. And how, how quickly we are as Boston fans to accept that a Latino manager could be cheating versus the 
years and years of Bill Belichick being accused. It's like, well, no, they're just playing. He's just playing the game better. Well, well, no, the thing with Belichick is most of the time, honestly, and, and we've talked about this so many times, Bill Belichick truly is like Pop Warner, the actual guy Pop Warner. And, 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 and I think it was It's Just a Life did a special on Pop Warner maybe three years ago. Biff, I'm sorry I mentioned Bill Belichick. Go on. And um, But Pop Warner and Bill Belichick truly come from the school of thought is there's nothing in the rule book that says an elephant can't pitch. And most of the stuff that Bill Belichick has been accused of, uh, uh, it wasn't in the rule. It didn't say you couldn't do this. It also said you could do this under these circumstances. If it's a Monday night football game played in an NFC stadium on a game under 40 degrees, you can do that. And he knows every obscure rule. But things like with Spygate, it was 100% not a cheating thing as much as it was an arrogant thing. We taped from here last year. Fuck you, we're going to tape from here this year. No, you're not. Same thing with you know the deflated balls or whatever. You, you, so many of the things that you went down. Um, no, it's not a racist thing with that at all. It's like, in fact, again, you talked about. I'm just busting. No, I know, but but like management, who doesn't give a shit about sports, couldn't name two, couldn't name one player on the Red Sox. I guarantee you. But with the whole Puerto Rico thing and and the hurricane and how Alex Cora was so vocal about getting them help, so so giving of his time and resources and, and encouraging others, not going to the White House and making it clearly about this instead of saying well we're not going i disagree i'm gonna you know no i'm not going because puerto rico needed his help and he didn't give it he threw paper towels at people fuck him but what a, i mean what a three-point uh, it was a nice arc he he literally hit that from downtown um it, but it is it's it it's he's he's it's coming, you know what I mean. He's going to get fired. He's going to, you know, whatever you're going to do it. So he got out of the way, and I, I he's I, out of baseball. He's out. Well, has to be. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like the the manager of, you know, the manager and the GM of the Astros got, you know, suspended by baseball, and then got fired the next day by the team. Uh, but Eric Cora is like, yeah, I'll just I'll just bow out now, and it's like. You know, they're a couple weeks away from spring training started. So instead of dragging it out, instead of going the next two weeks, going the month or whatever and, and having loom over the team's head. But like I said, I do feel bad for Dodger fans. I, they, they got screwed. Um, they really did. Here's my question to you. And people are now starting to ask this question. Why do the players get a free pass? Well, <clears throat> It's not exactly over now, is it? I mean, what the, are you talking about all the players that were complicit? Well, they, the, they benefited for it. It's like, they, you know, they devised a way to steal signals and signal the players to they know. And, and, and unless a player said, you know. what they did, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's all within the world of baseball because none of what they did was illegal. You know, it was immoral, but it was not illegal, you know. Um I guess it's really up to baseball and the the key, you know, like the man who is it, um, was it uh, Mike? Uh, who's the guy that actually started the whistleblower? Was it um, uh, Mike uh, Fires? Right. You know, it was the pitching coach who got let go. Yeah, and it was like, I think he, <laughs> I think he came out and said, "Look, I'll, I'll give back my ring. I'll give back my money. Like, I'll give back my World Series money. You know, like I, I'll, be, I want to wash my hands of this and kind of make atonements of it. But again, it's not like, I guess you kind of have to." Right, I would guess it would come down to the commissioner to say uh, that everybody on the Astros is complicit 
every single person. Like we, you know, it's, it's if if it, if one person, you know. Uh, if, if there's one person, then it's the entire team. Well, I mean, it's like with the Black Scott scandal, Shoeless Joe Jackson took the money from the gamblers. Mm-hmm. His batting average was higher than it was. I mean, he he was the MVP of the season. He went out there. It's like he knew what was going on with the rest of the team, but where baseball is really an individual game and stuff like that, Shoeless Joe Jackson was banned for life for baseball, but every metric to say – he was going all out to win, was there. You know, flawless fielding percentage, like slugging percentage was up, batting average was up. I mean, he literally was the MVP of that series. Well, the pressure was off. He knew he was going to win. <laughs> no, he knew they were going to lose. lose rather, right. Well, whatever you want to say. But, right, so here's my thing. If there was a player who had said, don't tell me. You know, you know, baseball. You know, a lot, 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 of, lot of really good born again Christians. You know, from the South who play major league baseball. Maybe, maybe one of those God fearing people said, "You know what? Seating's wrong. Uh, when I go up to bat, don't tell me what the signals are. Don't, don't, whatever the like. Don't bang on the garbage don't can. Bang on the garbage can if it's an inside. Car. No, just let me. But otherwise, yeah, all the players. I think though I think I heard actually that the Houston Astros are now going to like start a new uh, touring group of Stomp. <laughs> <laughs> the coming stylings of Joseph Lorenzo. Oh, so, the pride of some of the Massachusetts. Oh, thank you. Um, Give my social security number while you're Yeah, uh, he <laughs> lives at. Uh, <laughs> uh, Biff knows where he yeah, lives. He's been to your house. Right. We've already talked. No, but it, it's like, it, and here's the thing. It's like. I want to be shocked. I want to be outraged. I want to be sad. It's like it, it is sad, you know, and it's not just sad because I have a lot of friends who are Red Sox fans. It's not just sad because I was once a Red Sox fan. I mean, you, you know, I looked up, you know, at the TV at the gym the other day and saw, oh, they're talking to, you know, Jason Veritek, who's my all time favorite Red Sox. I'm like, oh, well, that'd be neat if he, you know, came on board. I'm gonna watch a game, right. you know. But you know, hey, you know, maybe they make the World Series legitimately. I'll dig out my old Veritech jersey and wear it, you know, during that. Um, it's one of my, my favorite moments in sports. And you can't go to a bar in Boston without seeing the famous 2003 Alice Rodriguez Jason Veritech fight. Where like the well, no, that's when oh, that's where he else. was running to I was first about, base, I was motioning the slap. Um, no, he he, um, yeah, when when when, when yes, but. Um, uh, uh, a route was at the plate, and he was complaining about a pitch that almost hit him. And he's mouthing off to Veritek, and he just pushes his glove right into his face. And it's just this oh, great man. moment where Veritek is just there, just you know. Oh. Yeah. But uh, it's not just a great moment that Veritek stood up. If, if it was anybody else, it'd be a fun picture, it'd be a great moment. But it was it was that douchebag. So so does Alex Cora get uh, banned from baseball? I, I, do you have to ban him from baseball? Or is he not hireable? Who's gonna? Who's going to? And and think about that. He went from back to back World Series with two different teams. He was the darling of Boston. Even last year, that they didn't even make the playoffs, and it was a tough year. First year, the coach of the team, he wins the series. You know, people loved him, and now he's unemployable. I know Pete Rose was really. Oh, you're talking about Alex Cora. Pete Rose was never a lovable guy. Pete Rose was never uh, a likable guy. No, maybe people love people who loved the, the team Reds. he was on yeah. loved him, but he he was always a douchebag. I, yeah. First to say, 100 percent that guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. On, you have murderers in the Hall of Fame. You have absolutely awful human beings 
in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb. Right. Just the douchiest of most evil motherfuckers. But he bet on baseball. He bet on his team to win. He bet. Did he bet on his team, or did he bet in just games that his team were involved in? Like he, it's not very. It was never really. Was it stated it, that he bet on his team to win, or bet against his team? It, it, <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I, I will. I, I will I, say this. I heard it was just in games that he. That I will played. say this. Pete. I don't think Pete Rose, if he was up to his ears in gangster loan sharks, and they kidnapped one of his children could throw a game. I don't think he could. I literally... He's too arrogant to have thrown a game and too competitive. This is a guy. You know, one of the quintessential moments in his career, it's a, it's a famous thing, when he dives into home base and he breaks a catcher's shoulder, it's in an all-star game. Yeah. He yeah. literally ended <laughs> a guy's career. In an all-star game. In an all-star game. It's hard for me, to, of all the things, to wrap my head around that he would have bet against the team. Either way, yeah, the, the hits. It take If he was betting as a player, again, same thing. I mean, he couldn't bet against his team. It's not like he dropped fly balls. Yeah. It's not like he didn't have every batting title there was. So if he bet against his team, he's like, well, I'm going to go out and go three for four tonight. But these douchebags around me suck. I'm pretty sure and, I and, can't carry them. And was, didn't he? Wasn't he only betting when he was managing? That's the thing. Yeah. So you know, but, don't what, don't put him in the Hall of Fame as a manager, as, as a player. player. Well, you know, when he dies, he'll but, he'll get in. But that's the thing. It's like with Alex Cora, who hires him. I mean, I mean, can no, he but, can yeah. he get a job with an NCAA team? Right. I mean, what the board of Regis is going to be like? Wait a minute, this guy's a, a, a cheater and this stuff, and he's going to be working with you know our youth and our ministry. No, that yeah, there's not an athletic director in college baseball. He could he could get a job in the independent leagues as a manager, but going from making a few million dollars a year managing the Boston Red Sox to a World Series to spring ball and you know yeah it could be one of those things where time passes and he comes back and who knows but right i don't know but that's that's just one of the things that comes up and first by the way cora has yet to be i mean i guess they're starting an investigation but he hasn't actually right it's and that's why implicated in anything and i think he did the right thing for the team and it's like like i said we're just a few weeks away from spring training Get, get away now yeah and it's just like don't, but it's going to linger over the players. Yeah, all the players who were there. It's like the what, eighteen. Yeah, any of the people left over from the eighteen season. Right. I uh-huh. mean, it's like oh, Mookie Betts. You, you know, MVP. You know, MVP. The World Series. All this stuff. It's like, you know, do you take that away? It's it's mm. a legit legit question. Yeah. So it, it turns out the sport sucks. So, anyways, there you go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Funny on, hat. On to it's uh, uh, larger than a you know regular size hat. <laughs> It's a funny hat. Funny name. Found it backstage. <laughs> um, but where uh, where are you in the gaming world? What's going on? Not a whole lot. Too busy watching Buzzer. Too Pretty busy much ra- yeah. wrapped up. Well, you know, I had a, I spent like all week kind of decabilizing our house and then beefing it up to start streaming more. And so I guess that'll lead into what we're watching on television. But nothing, nothing with games first, or um, no, I haven't really played any games all week. You, we are game free today. Today marks the two week countdown to the little guy getting the system, and I've said it before. I'm really dreading it. It's 
you know, going through lots of therapy, lots of hours put in. Uh, he can have him up to four hours on a weekend. He can't carry the time over. You know, some of the rules are like next weekend, he's going to be doing the play. It's not like, oh, I missed last weekend, so I get those four hours, and it's going to be eight hours a week after that. It's like, it's going to be really regimented and really strict. Um, no negotiating, you know, I'll, I'll read more, I'll do this, or whatever, and, and get more time. But I've enjoyed them not being here. I, I really I really have. You know, I, I, I've enjoyed them not being here and, and not getting caught down the time suck. As fun as, fun as they are, it's, yeah, it's akin to just doing, it's like smoking pot. It's just like you're wasting time. You're not really doing anything. I mean, not, well, okay, a bad analogy, but I guess. No, I get, I mean, it's like literally this morning, um, management woke me up and we had a lot of things. And I looked at the clock. I'm like, if I get out of bed this second. I can get to the gym and get a workout before the boys are up and I got to take them to, you know, boxing, jujitsu, come here, the piano, to the podcast. I'm like, this will be my one window. It's 50-50 if, you know. If there's a game Well, I'm going to, you know, Grayson's going to play the games this afternoon. I'm just going to go down and shoot zombies for a half hour. You know, and, and rightfully so, like blow off steam. It's my, it's, and I'm not going to take away his time. This will be the one time I would, I didn't do it. I got my fat ass, you know, down, you know, to the gym and stuff right, like that. Right, you can that. blow off steam that way. Right, seriously. It's, it's, it's like, so, so it's going to be interesting, but yeah. Uh, it's really well, not blowing off steam. You're really just giving yourself dopamine kicks. It, mean, yeah. That's all it is. I get it. You know. And maybe that's why I've been less likely to, like, indulge in video games because, I don't know. I don't think, I don't want to say I'm growing out of video games because I still do watch like certain YouTube videos about retro gaming. So I kind of get my fix that way, but I'm less you know drawn to it. I'm less like nothing's grabbing me right now. I, I mean, I, I am interested to play the new Jedi game that I got for Christmas, but honestly, I, I, no, I I'm interested to see how it is cuz it's considered canon. Yeah. Like the games consider canon. Is it the first game? Was it Jedi Fallen Order? Or yeah, like I think is it the first game that's considered in the canon. I don't I think so. Think, I don't think the the Force Awakens, like Old Republic and, and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm interested to see it, but it's not like I'm not going to go down the wormhole of hundred percenting it. And you know, and I, I thought that I thought okay, well if there's if I'm on a business trip. Like if I go into you know do one of these things or where whatever like a, a couple of years ago, you know I did a movie and I'm in Jackson Mississippi for six weeks. Braggart. And it, yeah, right. You know, I went to Jackson, Mississippi on purpose. Right? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> what kind of sense? The deals you can get on crosses of for burning down oh, there. Just, just, just the best. Um, so, it, but, but that's exactly it. So. We would have 12, 14-hour shoot days, um, maybe an hour back to the base where, you know, the, the hotel and stuff like that. Uh, you got – yeah, you got to kill time. I, I would just like – I'm not going out drinking with, you know, a lot of the people in the crew, you know, would go bar hopping and stuff like that. I, I physically couldn't do it. I couldn't work a 12, 14-hour day, you know, and then, you know, it would flip. There was like union rules where you can only work so many hours. Like we would flip like shoot shoot days, three days in a row and then shoot nights and you would have like a 14-hour window off. And some of the people, you know, a, a large group of the crew got in the car and went down to New Orleans where there's casinos. You know, two-hour, three-hour drive down, hit the casinos for a few hours, came back, you know, got drunk, have fun. 
God bless them. Like literally, good, good for you. Mm-hmm. Zero interest. Yep. <laughs> Zero interest. Uh, you know, it's like, and they, you know, it wasn't a Hooters. It was a, oh, I'm trying to think of the name. It's like a Hooters ripoff that's baked down there. Um, Oh, damn it. But, it, it, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? Go over there and watch like, some college football games with some locals and stuff like that? No, I brought the PS4, and that's when um, the, new, the, the, the last Batman game had come out. I was more than happy to just sit in my room. Play Arkham Knight. Yeah, Arkham Knight. Thank you. And it was, uh, you know, it was a hotel that, like, you know, you had your own, like, kitchen and stuff like that. Yep. So I could make my own dinner, sit there, and play for six or seven hours. And, and they, under those circumstances, I would love to do that. I, I would bring all the Resident Evils and see if I can beat them all. And uh, and maybe that's sort of, maybe that'll be your approach to playing video games in the future. Like, that's what I think. Make a vent. Make events out of it. Like, okay, a, a big game like Resident Evil 3 is coming out. Right. And, you know, like you said, the new Jedi game. You know, th- stuff that really piques your interest that, like, isn't just sort of like I'm playing the same Resident Evil over and over and over and over and over and over again just to fill time in my vastly yeah. pointless life. I mean, the one thing, the one game that I would want to play, I would really like to play Beat Saber. Um, oh, the... Um is that a motion game? Yeah, it's your. Is you it know. an Xbox Connect game? Or it, it's. I think they have it on the other platforms too. Right. Uh, but it's it's definitely a virtual reality game oh. where you got lightsabers and and it's it's basically like guitar. From what I've seen, because they play it on like different talk shows, they play it on like the Colbert Report. Or, oh, it's a rhythm. They game. have people in there. It's almost like a. Um, a guitar hero, but you have two lightsabers and you have like a red lightsaber and, and a blue one and these different shapes come at you. And it's like, it's not like you can just hit them with the right. Light. So you have to cross hands and high low and it's, it's, yeah. you, you see the people do it and like they're sweating like stuck pegs after, um, but it's lightsabers, but it's like, you know, you'd have to buy the whole system, you know, to do it. It's like, yeah, I'm not going out and spending $400. So Every now and then I could sneak downstairs for an hour here or there and stuff like that. But I will. I, 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 I haven't missed the games, you know, as much as I thought. I've been more productive. But, but we'll see. So that's, that's my whole gaming thing. Yeah. So like I said, I've been, well, I've been streaming a lot past week. Uh, and I've been catching – I think I mentioned – did I mention last week that I finished The Office on you Netflix? You feel good about that? I do. Did, did, did you like the ending? I finished it. Yeah. Yes. It was very nice. It was very uh, – it was poignant, and it was nice. The, the 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 two lines of dialogue that Steve Carell had were perfect. Um, so that was satisfying. And I, you know what? I I kind of held off watching the ninth season for about a week after I had binged like the first eight seasons because I thought ninth season wasn't going to be as good or whatever. But no, it was fine. It's great. It, yeah, it was really good. Um, and so I said, you know what? Let me see what this good place is all about. Oh. Uh, so I'm watching The Good Place. How far along are you? I'm partway through the third season. Okay, so you got through season uh, uh, one? Yeah. Well, and you know what? I watched it with, with my wife. And with who? My wife. <laughs> Great success. Uh, I watched it with her, and uh, she saw the end of it, and she goes, oh, this is no exit. And she's like, I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, it's like this existential play that was written in 1944. <laughs> <laughs> well, I no, think I'm, my, I'm sure Michael Schur, who created it, was inspired by this. Wait, wait, wait. 
We're going to circle back to that fucker. Right, Michael Shore. Uh, so, yeah, uh, spoilers. You hadn't seen The Good Place. Sorry. But I don't want to get too spoilery, though. But essentially, No Exit is about three people who are in this room, and they, are, they can't get out, and they're basically torturing themselves and torturing each other, and then they realize that they're in their, that they're in their own version of hell. And that's essentially what the first season of Good Place turns out to be. Did you see it coming? Uh, no, not really. I mean, at the end where you f- you realize that they're not in heaven, right? At all? They're not did in, you see? They're it? not in the good place, right? Did you at all have any idea that Ted Ted yeah. Danson wasn't? That he was, uh, that he's actually a demon from hell. Yeah. How did none? Did, they didn't. No, they, was, there was no hints. Holy forking shirt balls! There was no hints, and uh, Mindy St. Clair is that is that her who lives in the neutral place? Right. Oh you, gosh. You have any cocaine? Right. Because <laughs> no. you know, last time you said you were going to bring some cocaine, and if you have some, it'd be really good. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go masturbate. <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah, we're kind of now we're talking he, in sort of like quoting ins- a line from the movie. It's all like inside <laughs> stuff now, but uh. the good place is good. It's a good show, and it's and I'm kind of glad I'm doing what the good place. What I sort of did with Breaking Bad is I got in, started binging that show right before like the last season started airing live. So I'm kind of doing that now because the last season is going to air live this upcoming you know, spring or something. Or is it already on? Uh, we watched the first nine episodes. <laughs> if you listen to the oh, yeah, is it? Oh, oh, so oh, they haven't finished it. We, we have them all. No, there's like four more to go. Oh. I think there's 13 episodes a season. We watched episode eight, and I think nine and ten are on our TV. And, and, and management and I said, okay, we're going to – we'll get through the next month, and then we'll binge like the last six episodes because I hate the waiting for next week thing. I'm not programmed for that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, we're, we're, we'll talk about so the good place. Air, so this the good place is airing new episodes now yes. on NBC, and that's it. Okay, I thought because I, I, I didn't realize that I thought they were wrapping up at like the end of May or something like that. Gosh, I hope not. But no, so four seasons. Okay, and I cannot believe that that um, Moe's from the office from the office and created co- the show. And then Joe's like, "Oh yeah, the guy who plays Moe's from The Office, who is Dwight's, uh, Dwight's a weirdo, but this is his really weirdo. I don't know if he ever has any lines. I think he did a say but, a couple, but, of lines. but a couple lines here and there, like, you know, go over and get there. Okay, like, like the, that's the extent of his lines. And he looks like a weirdo, hayseed, serial killer. You know, I'm gonna wear your, you know, your skin is my skin. <laughs> no." It turns out that he's probably the most successful person in television in the last 20 years. Uh, I'd say the last 10 years. Because oh. he created The Good Place. But I don't know if he... he created co- Parks and Recs. Did he create Parks and Recs? Created Parks and Recs. Yeah. Um, he, he was a, he's, co- he's like executive producer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was creator a, of that. Did he create? Creator oh, of that, yeah. Because uh, I Only because I looked at the Wikipedia. He's yeah. created four shows, four long-running hit shows. Was a writer on Saturday Night Live for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, was a writer producer 
on The Office as well. Didn't create that, obviously, yeah. but but was that. And it's like, holy fork balls. But my favorite – so how great – I mean, what character isn't great? But I absolutely love Jason. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. That, that, his, Michael just uh, – Manny Jacinto is the actor who plays Jason. And he's like this trashy – Floridian. He's he's from Jacksonville. He loves the Jaguars. I like though because the 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 series starts with the, with the Jaguars were a shitty team, and then in season three, there's a, something that happens where I guess they the demons that like Michael uh, Michael who is Ted Danson's character who oversees the the good the fake good place that he created for these four people. Uh, I, I'm stammering here, but. Jacksonville became like a better team and they incorporated that into like the fabric of the show. It's like you've screwed up Earth so bad that Jacksonville is now a good team. <laughs> They're kind of good and they maybe make the playoffs and they yeah, might that come. that's got or the judge the talking judge. to him. It's like Maya Rudolph. Yeah. The whole butterfly effect. You don't think you changed anything, but Jacksonville um my favorite moment in the show so far. As when they go through the montage of having to reset everything. Oh, right. Because no matter how hard these demons try, Chidi and Evelyn still hook up with each other. And every time they do, they all get better. Everybody Eleanor. around them get better. Eleanor. Eleanor. Eleanor, thank you. Yeah. They all get better. But they always figure it out. And sometimes like they figure it out really quick. Like there's one thing where he resets and he's in the office and he just explains the whole thing. He looks up and right, he's dictating his plan into a reel to reel on his desk for some reason. And as he's dictating it at the beginning, the premise is that he brings in uh, Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell, Bell. as uh, as the first person that he introduces to the good place. And then one of the redos. It's re- we're really like if you don't know the but show, you don't know what we're talking about. Standing there, and yeah. he's like, "Damn it!" Yeah, like he's explaining his master plan, and then she's like, "Wait, wait, I'm not in the good place." Damn it! And he hits the button to reset it. But every time he has to reset it, he has to. There's this AI um, woman that who's named Janet. Not a girl. I'm not a robot. I'm not a girl. <laughs> a um, but they have. They, there's a button on a beach where. That's where you have to go to push the in order to reset the AI that was stolen from the good place for the bad places, fake good place. It's really convoluted. But uh, what I like about the show is that it, it's a super smart show, and it's a super existential uh, exploration. It, it makes you think about. What are our motivations on Earth? Why are we good on Earth? Is it because we think that there's an afterlife and that we will be rewarded? And then, of course, Chidi, who uh, is the black guy on the show, um, who, by the way, I'm like, where did I see this actor before? I looked it up. He was on the New Electric Company. He was like one of the cast members on the New Electric Company, which I only recognized because I would watch the New Electric Company with my younger boys. Tiny, tiny part on the new Jack Ryan. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, uh, I know this guy. I know that. Oh, that's cheating. Yeah. So, but he's a he's a um what is he a moral ethics professor? Yeah. This is why people hate ethics professors, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that line is said many times throughout the series. But he's the one that's basically kind of explaining all of these situations and all of these moral dilemmas and ethical dilemmas. But it's also it's the whole fabric of the show is just you know. Uh, a is there an afterlife? 
B, if there wasn't an afterlife, how would we go about living our lives? Um, is it worth being good on earth if there is no reward for it at the end? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's a really good show and I'm, and I'm glad that you talked me into it and I eventually caved and started watching it before it went off the air. I consider that a win in my world. It is. No. So my, my favorite thing to go into the montage of resetting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go and ahead. then Jason was like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but they don't have this and they don't have NFL Network and blah, blah, blah. There's no NFL Red no, Zone? zone. I, I know this sounds crazy, but I think we might be in the bad place. Ah. Oh! Shady figured it out. Uh, Jason. Jason figured it out. This is a new low. Oh, this is really yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Hurts. yeah. Yeah, that's Michael uh, Michael. Uh I keep I almost say Michael Landon, but it's it's Ted Danson playing Michael. And you said last time that you thought that this might be Ted Danson's greatest role of all time. And I'm I might not disagree with you. Yeah. What's great is that you know, there's when he there's a part where they decide that they're not going to send them to either the good nor the bad place, but in the beginning of season three, they decide to send them back to Earth and save their lives so they get to live an extra year and see if they can build more morality good points so they can legitimately get into the good place if they eventually, when they eventually die. Uh, but Michael has to be the one to go down and interfere with their original deaths. And then he goes back again to kind of nudge them all together so that they can get the four core people right, to, so to interact with each other. The premise of the first season is Eleanor believes she's – they all believe they're in the good place. But Eleanor knows right away she's not supposed to be in the good place. When, when Eleanor figures out like the, the, the real Eleanor and that woman is the greatest woman who's ever walked humanity, the most giving person. She turned out to be a demon. But Eleanor had this plan. It's like, oh, well – She's not supposed to be in a good place. It was a clerical error. And if she can clean up her shit and become a better person, by the time they figure out that she doesn't belong there, they'll say, oh, well, you belong here because of what she did. So, yeah, they get sent back to Earth. and then, But then they figure out Eleanor only got better because of Chidi. Like, and, and, and the whole group of them needed each other to become better. Right, because the other premise of the show was that this, this good place neighborhood that Michael created, each person was paired up with their soulmate. And Chidi was Eleanor's soulmate, so they were forced to live in a house together. And you're done with episode three or season three? No, I'm partway through season three. Okay, all right, great. So I, I, I wasn't sure because we watched it all at once. Like, what's so, the... I like frogs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love frogs. Uh, that's Michael O'Malley, by the way. He's great. Yeah. And, and Maya, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, Maya Rudolph's she, great. Is, is she, does she's she fantastic. Say, does she say anything that isn't awesome? No. And, and it's like for a godlike character to be, oh, I got to go watch some NCS. That Mark Harmon is. Yeah, NCIS. <laughs> but then I turn to my wife and I go, who binge watches NCIS, right? Am I right? See, my wife. Apparently, your wife and and the Lord. (laughs) Right, and and the judge on The the Good Place. So that's a good show. Speaking of existential stuff, um, I also saw on Netflix and watched Ricky Gervais' movie from 2009, The Invention of Lying. 
nice. It's a simple, very I think a good Ricky Gervais movie, and it, it actually moved me at one point, briefly. You know, and I was actually it was kind of a low point in the week for me, so I was vulnerable. But the premise of that movie is Ricky Gervais is a uh, he's a a writer for television, but in this universe, lying has isn't a concept. Everybody tells the truth, and everybody only states facts and they verbalize almost every thought that they have to each other and people are generally miserable because they're matter of fact about everything you know um jennifer garner is a, a blind or a, kind of like a, a she's a she's a, a goes on a date with ricky gervais she opens the door the first thing she says oh i was just masturbating and he walks in and she goes I don't think this date's going to go very well. You're not very attractive, and I don't want—I want this to be a relationship where it might go somewhere. And I really don't want fat, pudge-nosed children. And it goes from there. <clears throat> and eventually, Ricky Gervais. But so what did she say about Ricky Gervais? Hey <laughs> yeah, now, so Ricky Gervais's character is a writer for television, but their version of television is a, a very well enunciating reader who just reads history in front of the camera. That's all they do because in order to, there's no fiction because there's no lying. So their entertainment is learning about history. And he's assigned the 13th century, which was the, the Black Plague. And so he's on the verge of being fired because nobody wants to see movies about the 13th Plague. And again, movies are literally a guy sitting in a chair like, Picture like a James Earl Jones type of person, you know, sitting in a chair, looking into the camera and just reading about history. And that's their I'd watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would watch that. But because he's assigned the 13th century, uh, that's not very appealing. And, you know, so he his life is spiraling out of control. And then he's about to be evicted from his apartment. And then he, he out of some weird connection in his brain. He goes to the bank to withdraw whatever money is left in his account, which is apparently $300, but the bank computer is broken. So the teller is like, how much money did you want to withdraw? And then like he has this aha, eureka moment. And he goes, I'd like to withdraw $800, which was exactly the amount of rent money he needed to, in order to stay in. And he goes, and the teller goes, oh, the computer just came back online. It says here you only have $300, but the computer must be wrong. So here you go. <laughs> And then he's the only person on earth who can have this concept of lying. So he gets by on telling lies. Goes on to his mother's sick in a nursing home. And, you know, about a third of the way in, his mother's on, his, on her deathbed. And she's saying, I'm scared. I'm scared I don't want to die because there's just going to be an eternity of nothingness. I'm so frightened. And out of desperation, he because he has this concept of lying, he's like, no, mom, it's not, it's not like that. It's that th- you're going to go to a good place where you're going to see everybody you've ever loved in, and, and, and you're going to be young again and you're going to be healthy. And then she passes and she's happy and she's smiling and then there's three doctors in the room with him and they're like, tell us about this other place. And so they track him down and it, there's a, 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 an upswell in the community, and the news picks this up, that there's this world after life that this man knows about. And then you can kind of 
see where it goes from there. And it's a really interesting movie. And there's a great scene in the middle of the movie that is a, it, it's a very good explanation of religion and politics. And it's, 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 a, it's, it's fascinating. It's like, okay, yeah, that's, the core of the movie is if there wasn't a concept of lying, we would all be miserable, nihilistic fucks. You know, if we didn't have hope that there might be something after this or that there's, you know, some reason for going on and doing what we do every day, you know, we would be a much more cynical, sucky society. So interesting. And it's a good movie, I think. Roger Ebert gave you three and a half stars, and now he's in the good place. Religions are built on hope. Exactly. Rebellions are. Rebellions are. Rebellion. And you almost had it. Almost. Take two. So close. All right. So let's wrap it up here, because yeah. I can see the first flakes are a fallen. Oh, my dandruff. Yes. Did 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 we talk about Watchmen? Because I have Watchmen down here. Uh, suggests you know. <laughs> I think I have like five more days on my seven day drive. <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, how the time! But yeah, watch the Apple TV. Ver- you know, go to Apple TV, watch the movie. It's it's like my little guy. So last night he's getting his box for it. I'm gonna watch it again, and he's uh, like. Three hours and 20 minutes? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, um, but yeah, I I, I, I said that with the, I said that with the Irishman. Oh, yeah. I I haven't watched the whole movie. I, I Well, I have noted. Literally, I, I didn't have a much to sorry, but after that whole, that's not cinema, I was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm nah, done with it. No, I know. But, so I was watching something, uh, you know. Porn? Uh, no, nah, yes. A lot of that. But I was reading. The budget for the Irishman was one seventy five. What do you think the largest line item in the budget? CGI, making him look younger. The de aging technology. It wasn't the salaries for the actors. Yeah. It was making the actors look. And and there was a lot of side by side shots of the actual footage and what they look like, and it's like, wow. But that the same thing. Is in the same breath, they're walking around like old men. Like you can't make a young-looking Robert De Niro or an old Robert De Niro walk like a young Robert De Niro. So you see these fresh-faced, you know, thirty-something versions of Robert De Niro hunched over and kind of, you know, sauntering ever so gingerly across the street, going, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, I it's, it's not my favorite genre of movie, so I really wasn't into it. Then it's like three hours long. I could watch Goodfellas until I'm dead. See, I, I can't watch it again. I can never watch Goodfellas again. Oh my god! It, it, it's to this day. As soon as you mention Goodfellas, like it's like a good, it's like a, it's like a, it's it, like a great like rock album. To it, me. it gives me a visceral like the anxiety I have. You mentioning, like I said, mm. management loves watching movies with me, right. especially if she's seen the movie and watching my reaction, how I react to things, like you know, <laughs> especially uncomfortable things or something like that. Right. My my anxiety. As soon as you said Goodfellows, I think of the helicopter chase and him driving and just literally – it's like – it's not my like when it, my blood boiling like I'm mad, but my body like right now on my back has this visceral – I got to get my hat. It's my lucky hat. Yeah. I never fly without it. Oh, I just – I just <laughs> – No, no, no. Right over there. No, no. Just just turn your – right in there. No, I got to go. I got to go, Jimmy. No, no, no. You just go in there. <laughs> you know, I, I did a, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I – um. I, you know, some I was responding to like you know, 
something about the Irishman or and, Co- and Coppola, Coppola's like you know bashing of the MCU, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm glad that you know I I say you know because of his career and stuff like that because of oh, Scorsese you know, or Coppola oh Scorsese I'm like yeah. you know because of you know you know but they, they, thank God goodness that like well no because I I had said at one point goodness the guy who had directed. Uh, Godfather Three hasn't weighed in on what a good movie is because you know it's like shut the shut the fork up. Um, too good. I'm glad you're watching the Good Place now. Now I'm more excited. Um, yeah, it's like we gotta we gotta get hooked up with Sullivan because he knows how to rip every show. Like you know because or, or you know what, come over here and let's binge watch because I would I will rewatch the first like nine episodes of Good Place when you're ready to do it because it is it's great I love I, I love the show I also like with Watchmen it's like if they do another season great but I'm really happy where it ended and I don't know what's going to happen with the Good Place but I can say yeah I'm good if if they come close to wrapping up season four like they did season three and where everything is and, and stuff like that mm. um yeah, I'm, I'm 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 okay. There being an ending to some yeah. shows, I like that too. I don't like shows that go on way past their prime. No, I, I did, do. I get really upset when I think that Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is dead. I mean, he's not coming back. I mean, that's you know, that's oh, should, should I say spoiler? I mean, it's only been six, but but it's like I'm glad the MCU's going on. But I'm I'm really great where they wrapped up Captain America, where they wrapped up. You know, I mean, stories I mean, were meant to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, I mean, it's, Thor story is going to go on, and, and and there's other stories that will continue. There's prequels, there's sequels, and stuff like that. But as far as the Avengers that we knew and loved for ten years, I think they told that story. I think it had Captain America obviously had a happy ending, and and Iron Man had the ending he had to have. I, I think you know, sort of speak. Um, but yeah, so so I'm I'm good with things wrapping up, especially like I'm talking about episodic television, where you know you don't. I mean, The Office went on a little too long, but it still wrapped up nicely. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it it wasn't like oh, the James Spader just skipped past that. I mean, but it wasn't. I mean, there was moments in the James Spader thing. There was moments with the you know the revolving like Edis Elba and other things like that. You know, but the first few seasons, you know, if it had ended after four seasons, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the original Office was one season, and it was like, you know, I think it was only like 33 minutes of actual airtime <laughs> because their seasons are so short, and that was a great series. So, yeah, sh- uh, less is more. And I wish we could say the same about our podcast. You know, maybe we could take a page out of their playbooks and next time not do an hour and 45 minutes of yeah, nonsense. But, 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 you know, hey, listen to it, listen to it sped up. Or don't listen uh, at all. Oh, don't listen at all. Um, yeah, our sales and marketing. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're not. Well, that's, that's another thing. Marketing. in the uh, invention of lying is that they watch commercials and like um, one of the actually one of the bus ads for Pepsi is uh, when they don't have Coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would check that out if you like. I think you'd like uh, it. I think you'd enjoy it. It's, there's nothing. There's no real anxious moments in it, so I think it's. I think it's Jacques approved. Do you have? Uh, do you have a parenting tip, my friend? Hmm. Yeah, parenting. Eh? Good times. You, uh, little guy, uh, has built a fort in the living room out of cardboard moving boxes, and it's pretty. Intensive, you know, it's pretty great. You know, he put Christmas lights on the inside and all these things, and he did most of it by himself. And yeah, there was a lot of 
money spent on tape <laughs> and clothespins, a lot of money, like five bucks. It kept him busy and encouraged creativity. Um, encouraged them to, you know, do something that's not screen driven. Um, he had a lot of fun doing that. He took pride in it. And it got him out of my hair for several hours and he has slept in it. So encourage him to build forts and then tell him, go to your fort. You know, go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's like so so you you find something that that really interests them that takes them out of the room so you can watch the Watchmen because it's not really appropriate for a nine year old. I'd say take it one step further. Give him a little action figure that he can build a fort for. So you can just have a fort oh, within a fort. That's 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 so meta. That's pretty good. Like that, I'll do that now. Um, that's my parenting tip. Yay! So we won't be here. I don't think I don't see a way to do it next weekend. So um, some somehow you know try to try to you know. <laughs> you're yeah, you're at a loss. Um, at the, uh, the concept I, I, of I, the hour and forty six minute mark. You know. <laughs> yeah, you've taken the. Um, yeah, I think I'm at a loss too. <laughs> I, I think I just I I, I bailed on I'm that contagious. sentence. I know. Fuck. Well, that's it, folks. So thanks for listening, friend. Um, <laughs> be sure to share us on Facebook. You know, the evil corporation that ruined democracy. Ugh. That's how we broadcast our shit. I mean, how are we not taken down for I, propaganda? I actually wanted to say that, but just recently, and and I've here here's one of the new talking points that is going around. And Facebook came right out and said this. Like the CEO of Facebook wrote a letter saying, you know, I'm a liberal and, you know, part of me doesn't want them to be able to post the they, – they were asked, it's like, if they were going to monitor people blatantly lying. And they said no because if they pull ads that are blatantly lying, it will – it will um, irreparably hurt one side. So it's not fair to make that side stop running ads and not be able to let them run ads. And I broke it down. I was, again, talking to my 12-year-old about this. I'm like, what he's saying is Trump can't stop lying. He cannot put an ad online that isn't lying. So if they say, hey, we're not going to let you run ads full of lies, essentially we're saying we're not going to let you run ads. So it's not fair to him because he can't stop lying to not let him run ads. So instead of saying, you know, why don't you run ads that are truthful? They're truthful because if he does run ads that are truthful, well, the economy is really great. And thank goodness I inherited a really good economy from the previous president. Uh, yes, no, he he cannot. There's not. There's no accomplishments that he can cling to. Well, I mean, they think about it. A truthful Trump ad will be, you know, vote for Trump because you can't vote for Hitler. <laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> I can't top that. Get on mic, man. Anyway, so that's the uh, that's the podcast. Thanks for listening, uh, Carnival Personnel on Facebook. You Facebook, you know you fucking assholes, man. You fucking killing us, man. With your, you fucking. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I just want to end here. I just want to end it all. I mean the podcast, not you know, not my own life. What are you talking about? That's crazy talk. <laughs> what is? Is it hot in here? I don't know. I think it is. Actually, you know what? That heater has been going for about three hours strong. Plus my takes. Yeah. Oh God, man. I don't know. I, I should come in here with some sort of like an asbestos lined suit. <laughs> To protect myself from all the hot takes. That's enough of me yammering. Um, 
So uh, see you in two weeks um, well, uh, when we'll be giving you our take on what, how the Super Bowl went, right? You know, the Super Bowl of football. Never mind. Don't forget to 